Forever Dog. Welcome to Forever Dog. You can listen to this podcast ad-free on Forever Dog Plus by signing up at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And make sure to follow us on social at Forever Dog Team and check out all of our podcasts at foreverdogpodcasts.com. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Last week on Teen Creeps Presents Public Domain Theater. I did not for some weeks strike or otherwise violently ill-use it, but gradually... Very gradually, I came to look upon it with unutterable loathing and to flee silently from its odious presence as from the breath of a pestilence. Okay, what added, no guy. doubt, I know, you know what's going to happen. He's, He's going to hurt, hurt this one. Welcome to Teen Creeps Presents Public Domain Theater. This week, part two of The Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe. As read by Kelly Nugent and Lindsay Katai. As reacted to by Kelly Nugent and Lindsay Katai. Oh my god. What I, I hate no doubt. This. I know. This is too, I'm going to cry sucks. in my car. <laughs> this story sucks. Oh my god. What added no doubt to my hatred of the beast was the discovery on the morning after I brought it home that, like Pluto, it also had been deprived of one of its eyes. How do you not notice that from the get-go? Yeah, because especially when he's like, you know, this cat's just like Pluto, except Pluto didn't have like the white fur. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, he's like not even looking at its eyes. face. Yeah. Hello. Oh, my God. <sighs> Bumbling idiot. This circumstance, however, only endeared it to my wife, who, as I have already said, possessed in a high degree that humanity of feeling, which had once been my distinguishing trait and the source of many of my simplest and purest pleasures. With my aversion to this cat, however, its partiality for myself seemed to increase. It followed my footsteps with a pertinacity which it would be difficult to make the reader comprehend. Whenever I sat, it would crouch beneath my chair or spring upon my knees, covering me with its loathsome caresses. If I arose to walk it, if I arose to walk, it would get between my feet and thus nearly throw me down, or fastening its long and sharp claws in my dress. Mm? What? Fastening its long and sharp claws in my dress. Oh, okay. I got it. Or fastening its long and sharp claws in my dress, clamber in this manner to my breast. It was too rimy. I couldn't handle yeah. it. At such times, although I longed to destroy it with a blow, I was yet withheld from so doing, partly by a memory of my former crime. He keeps... Yeah, we know. We know what you did. And, yeah, and, and he it keeps, should be. He keeps like extending, or he keeps like, like extending the time. He's like, oh, you know that crime from so long yeah, ago, or like, Ugh. oh, that's well, weird. How I keep not wanting to hit the cat, probably from the time I killed a cat. Yeah, it's like no, we remember. <clears throat> I was yet withheld from so doing, partly by a memory of my former crime, but chiefly, let me confess it at once, by the absolute dread of the beast. This dread was not exactly a dread of physical evil, and yet I should be at a loss of how to dis- how otherwise to define it. I'm almost ashamed to own. Yes, even in this felon's cell, I am almost... He's in jail? I guess he is now. <laughs> well, I think he's writing this from jail. Okay. I mean, this is the first time we're hearing about it. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yes, even in this felon's cell, I'm almost ashamed to own that the terror and horror with which the animal inspired me had been heightened by one of the merest shim- chimeras? Chimeras. What are you saying? Chimera? C-H- Chimera. C-H- oh, thank you. 
the merest chimera. Chim- chimera? Chimera. It, there's a little question mark in here. Is there an accent over <laughs> one of these letters usually? I don't think so. Okay, whatever. Chimera. 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 Shamaran. <laughs> the merest shamrock it would be possible to conceive. My wife had called my attention more than once to the character of the mark of white hair, of which I have spoken, and which constituted the sole visible difference between the strange beast and the one I had destroyed. The reader will b- remember that this mark, although large, had been originally very indefinite, but by slow degrees, degrees nearly imperceptible, in which for a long time my reason struggled to reject as fanciful, it had, at length, assumed a rigorous distinctness of outline. It was now the representation of an object that I shudder to name, Durr, and for this, above all, I loathed and dreaded and would have rid myself of the monster had I dared. It was now, I say, the image of a hideous, of a ghastly thing, of the gallows, Oh, mournful and terrible engine of horror and of crime, of agony and death. Okay, you know what, guy? Too fucking bad. Fuck you. Fuck off. Of course. Of course. Of course. It is a gallows. Because you hang, you hang the you cat. you fucking lynched your cat. Does he not talk to his wife? I feel like they never talk except for his wife to be like, look at the spot on the cat. <laughs> oh, sweetheart, have you noticed that there's a little... And he's like, the beast! News? The beast! Okay. I don't want to anger you. God. You're an alcoholic. (laughs) And now was I indeed wretched beyond the wretchedness of mere humanity and a brute beast whose fellow I had contemptuously destroyed, a brute beast to work out for me, for me, a man fashioned in the image of the high God, so much of insufferable woe. Alas, neither by day nor by night knew I the blessing of rest any more. During the former, the creature left me no moment alone, and in the latter, I started hourly from dreams of unutterable fear to find the hot breath of the thing upon my face and its vast weight, an incarnate nightmare that I had no power to shake off, incumbent eternally upon my heart. Do you want to take back over? Oh, sure. He's like, guy. can you believe this? He's just like, can you believe this is happening to me? I can't believe this is happening to me. Poor me. Beneath the pressure of torments such as these, the feeble remnant of the good within me succumbed. Evil thoughts became my sole intimates, the darkest and most evil of thoughts. The moodiness of my usual temper increased to hatred of all things and of all mankind, while from the sudden, frequent, and ungovernable outbursts of a fury to which I now blindly abandoned myself, my uncomplaining wife, alas, was the most usual and most patient uh, of sufferers. Of course of she course. was. One day, she accompanied me upon some household errand into the cellar of the old building where our poverty compelled us to inhabit. The cat followed me down the steep stairs and nearly throwing me headlong exasperated me to madness. <laughs> oh no, do you want me to take back over? I'll read it. Okay. Uplifting an axe and forgetting in my wrath the childish dread which had hitherto stayed my hand, I aimed a blow at the animal, which, of course, would have proved instantly fatal had it descended as I wished, but this blow was arrested by the hand of my wife. Thank fucking God. Goaded by the interference into a rage more than (gasps) demoniacal, I withdrew my arm from her grasp and buried the axe in her brain. (gasps) No! She fell dead upon the spot, without a groan. You 
fucking idiot. What an emotional what? roller coaster. <laughs> wow. Because at first we were lot. relieved and then deeply saddened. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this hideous murder accomplished, I set myself forthwith and with entire deliberation did the task of concealing the body. I knew that I could not remove it from the house, either by day or by night, without the risk of being observed by the neighbors. Many projects entered my mind. At one period, I thought of cutting the corpse into minute fragments and destroying them by fire. At another, I resolved to dig a grave for it in the floor of the cellar. Again, I deliberated about casting it in the well in the yard, about packing it in a box as if merchandise with the oh, usual wow, arrangements. What a dilemma. And so getting a porter to take it from the house. Finally, I hit upon what I considered a far better expedient than either of these. I determined to wall it up in the cellar, as the monks of the Middle Ages are recorded to have walled up their victims. <laughs> I don't know where he's getting that. He is, he's like, I'm carrying on a grand tradition. It's godly. <laughs> For a purpose such as this, the cellar was well adapted. Its walls were loosely constructed and had lately been plastered throughout with a rough plaster, which the dampness of the atmosphere had prevented from hardening. Moreover, in one of the walls was a projection caused by a false chimney or fireplace that had been filled up and made to resemble the rest of the cellar. I made Very no convenient. I know. Lucky him. <laughs> I made no doubt that I could readily displace the bricks at this point, insert the corpse, and wall the whole thing up as before, so that no eye could detect anything suspicious. And in this calculation, I was not deceived. By the means of a crowbar, I easily dislodged the bricks, and having carefully deposited the body against the inner wall, I propped it in that position, while with little trouble, I relayed the whole structure as it originally stood. He is way too fucking proud of himself right now. Like, it was really easy. I definitely did the calculations right. Super simple. Just drop the body in. I'm put the bricks back all together. I'm pretty I great. actually uh, wrote a little blog about my uh, yeah. process with some great high-def pics if you want to yeah, check that out. So next time I'll take a YouTube video of me doing this home, yeah. home renovation. Having procured mortar, sand, and hair... What? Hair? Hair? With every possible precaution, I prepared a plaster which could not be distinguished from the old. And with this, I very carefully went over the new brickwork. When I finished, I hair. felt satisfied that that was all right. <laughs> the wall did not present... <laughs> it looks pretty it good. It looks pretty darn good. all right. The wall did not present the slightest appearance of having been disturbed. The rubbish on the floor was picked up with the minutest care. I looked around triumphantly and said to myself, Oh my God, fuck off. Here, at least then, my labor has not been in vain. <laughs> my next Congrats, step. Congrats, asshole. This guy's such an <laughs> insufferable douchebag. Yeah, he's like an evil douchebag. My next step was to look for the beast which had been the cause of so much wretchedness. For I had at last, or sorry, for I had at length firmly resolved to put it to death. Had I been able to meet with it at the moment, there could have been no doubt of its fate. But it appeared that the crafty animal had been alarmed at the violence of my previous anger and <clears throat> forbore to present itself in my present mood. Ugh, what's your problem, cat? Just let me kill you. Ugh, I tried to murder you and murder my wife. Why don't you just come let me pet you? It's probably the only source of love that you ever had. I buried her. Ugh. It is impossible to describe or to imagine the deep, the blissful sense of relief which the absence of the detested creature occasioned in my bosom. It did not make its appearance during the night, and thus, for one night at least, since its introduction into the house, 
I soundly and tranquilly slept. You do not deserve it. I slept even with the burden of murder upon my soul. <laughs> Congrats. Congrats. Me and me. The second and third day passed, and still my tormentor came not. Once again, I breathed as a free man. The monster in terror had fled the premises forever. I should behold it no more. My happiness was supreme. The guilt of my dark deed disturbed me but little. <laughs> Great, dude. Jesus Christ. Some few inquiries had been made, but these had been readily answered. Even a search had been instituted, but of course nothing was to be discovered. I looked upon my future felicity as secured. Upon the fourth day of the assassination, the party of the police came, very unexpectedly, Hark, into the house. <laughs> He's such a dweeb. <laughs> and proceeded again to make rigorous investigation of the premises. Secure, however, in the inscrutability of my place of concealment, I felt no embarrassment whatsoever. The officers bade me accompany them in their search. They left no nook or corner unexplored. At length, for the third or fourth time, they descended into the cellar. Then they were like, what the fuck is all this hair? <laughs> Why is there fucking hair in Why are there clumps of hair plastered in your walls? We'll just check here. No, no, no. That's not necessary, officers. <laughs> At length, for the third or fourth time, they descended into the cellar. I quivered not in a muscle. My heart beat calmly as that of one who slumbers in innocence. <laughs> I walked the cellar from end to end. I folded my arms upon my bosom and roamed easily to and fro. The police were thoroughly satisfied and prepared to depart. Why are you pacing like a fucking crazy also person? Also with your arms crossed, hello, learn a little bit about uh, body language. Hey, hey, hey. That's the body language of a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> the glee at my heart was too strong to be restrained. <laughs> I burned to say if but one word by way of triumph and to render doubly sure their assurance of my guiltlessness. Gentlemen, I said at last, as the party ascended the steps. I delight to have allayed your suspicions. I wish you all health and a little more courtesy. <laughs> by the by, gentlemen, this, this is a very well-constructed house. <laughs> what a jackass. Oh my God, your hubris. In the rapid <laughs> desire to say something easily, I scarcely knew what I uttered at all. <laughs> the officers are like, why are you fucking high as a kite right now <laughs> and trying to show us your fucking brick foundation? I may say... An excellently well-constructed house. These walls, are you going, gentlemen? The, these walls are solidly put together. <laughs> and here, through the mere frenzy of bravado, I rapped heavily with a cane which I held in my hand upon that very portion of the brickwork behind which stood the corpse of the wife of my bosom. But may God shield and deliver me from the fangs of the archfiend. No sooner had the reverberation of my blows sunk into silence than I was answered by a voice from within the tomb. By a cry, at first muffled and broken like the sobbing of a child, and then quickly swelling into one long, loud, and continuous scream, yeah, utterly anomalous coming. and inhuman, a howl, a wailing shriek, half of horror and half of triumph, such as might have arisen only out of hell, conjointly from the throats of the damned in their agony and of the demons that exult in the damnation. Of my own thoughts, it is folly to speak. Why are you acting like this fucking cat is evil? You're evil. The cat is a cat. <laughs> We're about to end this. Swooning, I staggered to the opposite wall. For one instant, the party upon the stairs remained motionless, through extremity of terror and of awe. In the next, a dozen stout arms were toiling at the wall. It fell bodily. 
The corpse, already greatly decayed and clotted with gore, stood erect before the eyes of the spectators. Upon its head, with red extended mouth and solitary eye of fire, sat the hideous beast whose craft had seduced me into murder and whose informing voice had consigned me to the hangman. I had wailed the monster up within the tomb. The end. He didn't say the cat came back. <laughs> he didn't say the cat came back. And I The very next day. <laughs> I, what is that from? I don't think it's from that. I don't think it's from that. Dang. You know what? Um, I'm really upset. I'm very upset. I'm extremely I'm upset. fucking pissed at that narrator the whole time. I hated him. Was acting like the cat made him do everything. Fuck you. You're an alcoholic murderer. You who tortured who animals. Tortured animals. And you killed your wife. And you killed your wife. And you were so stupid as to wall up a cat and and with the corpse. And like, hey, check out check out this brickwork. Yeah, my good bit. Oh my god. And also, yeah, like the hubris tap, there. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> well, that was shocking. Shocking. Well, that was Edgar Allan Poe's Black Cat. Hope you enjoyed another installment. Um, sorry. Yeah, wow. Sorry about that. We should definitely put a trigger warning in this. It's like animal torture. <laughs> Somebody got in touch with us. They didn't want us to read, I think, the Killing Mr. boyfriend. Or, or the boyfriend. Something. The boyfriend because um, something happens to an animal. Well. Well, sorry. Sorry, person. Because this is what, probably donor. worse. Yeah. That was fucking awful. That was horrible. That was awful. Ugh. Poe. That Poe. That Poe. Well, anyway. Thanks for joining us on another installment. And keep it cultured. This has been Teen Creeps Presents Public Domain Theater. Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat. As read by Kelly Nugent and Lindsay Katai. As responded to by Kelly Nugent and Lindsay Katai. <laughs> <laughs>